you know what? I've done everything that I wanted to do in radio. I've had a blast. I've made a lot of friends. I have a lot of great memories. There's certain parts of it that, um, that I am really gonna miss, but I've done everything I wanted to do. I'm ready to try something new. And it was scary. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. On this show, I get to interview local entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers and help them share their origin story. So guys, together, we get to be inspired by the stories. And what I love most is getting to know our neighbors better. So today, I'm interviewing a man who is an amazing example of being bold and following his passion. He left his lifelong career as a top 40 radio host to be a full-time artist and business owner. Welcome Brad Barlow of B2X Photo to the wow, show. That's exciting. I did that? You did that. Isn't that so fun? That makes me want to do, it gives me chills. It makes me want to do something <laughs> cool like that again. Aren't you excited to listen to this episode and be oh, inspired? Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I needed to do. You know, we, don't we all need to do that? I think so. Go, go back and go, you know. We're pretty cool. Or, yeah, exactly. Celebrate, you know, what you've accomplished and maybe inspire yourself by uh, uh, thinking about your, your more fearless version of yourself. Yeah, it's always good. I, I have spoken on stage before, and I'm sure you have as well, to hear somebody do my bio, my intro. I'm like, oh, yeah. huh, that's pretty cool. So yeah, that's Set yours. Set that up more often. So you, no, no pressure, but you know, okay. we, we need to hear an inspiring story okay, today. Uh, you know what? I, I think I've got it. Okay, good. So I think as people even just heard your voice, mm -hmm. they were taken back to mornings, listening to Z103, getting their kids off to school or, yeah. or driving to um, work, you a long time ago used to be known as Brad Collins, yes. for those who may really want to flashback. I can tell you that story, actually. Let's hear it. I, I think I can tell it pretty quickly. So 1993, 1994, 1994, um, I'm uh, in my junior year of high school, and I am an intern at Z103, and I make a tape, and it called an air check of what it would sound like if I was on the air. I get the job and they say, okay, well, you're in high school. You can't use your own last name, which I didn't mind because it was like showbiz. Like having a showbiz alias. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> so I had these, I had a few that were s stupid. One of them was inspired by the ski resorts, which I'm not even a skier, but inspired by the ski resorts was Kelly Jackson. Um, uh, <laughs> that was total inspiration yeah, by the skiers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, something local. Uh, but I was like, no, I want to keep my own first name, which I'm so glad I did that. Oh, my goodness. I imagine that's confusing for people who don't. Yeah. Like, who are they talking? Oh, Who's Kelly? Goodness. Oh, it, wait, it's, it's me. It's, that is, it's tough. I, uh, yeah. So I, I, we had these uh, carts, is what they were called, on the wall of, of individual singles. They looked like eight tracks, okay. but they were a continuous loop. So I would put my finger up on the carts and I'd go and I landed on Soundgarden and I landed on, you know, whatever else. And then I landed on Phil Collins and I loved Phil Collins. And I was like, Brad Collins, that's what I'm going with. And they I love it. They liked it and I used it and I thought it sounded great. And for a long time, I loved it. I thought it sounded so cool. And, and I think I... Um, I think I felt like I was Brad Collins, you know, for a long time. And then, meaning, wait, meaning you could take on a different persona when you were on the air? Um, it, 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 was, it was just a sliver of me. 
it was it was really me, but it was just a sliver of me. Yeah. It was like the the um, the the coolest me, the most confident me. Yeah. You know, the yeah. most polished me. And but then you know, as I became less, as I intentionally became less polished, I also uh, started to not like anything that was fake, anything. Yeah. You know, whether it was, hey, will you endorse this product? And I'm like, but I don't really like it. You know, so, so I don't hate it. I just don't love it. So I'd rather not. Uh, same with that. I was like, I'm not really Brad Collins. And it just felt, it got to where it felt weird. Mm -hmm. And so um, probably five years, four years before my last radio show, um, uh, Tara and I both were like, let's stop using our fake last names. And we just did it. And pretty much people knew you by Brad and Tara for yes. the morning yeah. show. Yes, yeah. So that worked nicely. Yeah, it did. You know, it's interesting. As My I last name was Ann Tara. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. It's true. I don't I mean, know that's, who this that's, Barlow guy yeah, is. And I, and I would meet people and I'd go, oh, oh, you're one of the Z103 guys? Which one are you? I'm Brad. Oh, okay. Like Brad and Tara? Oh! I mean, forever. Forever it was I love like it. That. Well, even, sorry, I just added to that because a lot of people know you that way. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, that's great. I love it. I love it. So when I, when you were thinking, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about how, was that kind of also perfect because in the beginning, as I'm listening to you, you did this straight out of high school. Yeah. So did you have any kind of imposter syndrome in the beginning that that no. persona kind of, no, no, you were just totally bold. No, I was, I was absolutely fearless back then. Really? Yeah. I was, I was uh, going a million miles an hour and I was in love with the business and the duties of the job, in love. I mean, I remember when I graduated high school, um, it might've been right when I graduated high school, but if not like a month or two later that I officially became the full-time afternoon guy. And I, I was just thinking about this the other day. I just was like, this is, I mean, pinch me. This yeah. is a dream well, come it true. Is. Like this is, this is my life. This is what I, uh, wake up and shower and go to do and get paid for. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, how did you position yourself for that? Was that because you were always into that in high school? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I think they still have a course at the high schools that's like a career class and they go in the intern. Nowadays they have like the senior project and things like right. that, but mm -hmm. and I think they still have the, the career exploration is what it was called. And I went to the, um, the career exploration teacher, Nancy Jones. Uh, she's a real estate agent now. And, um, and I, I said, hey, uh, I want to do this class, but only if I can intern at Z103. And she's like, I can't promise you anything. And that's a like, big, that's a like, big ask, kid. I was like, oh man. <laughs> um, so I'll, all right, I'll try it anyway. And I got it. I got Z103. And um, once I got in there, I was like, can I come in after hours as well, as long as I don't, you know, break anything? And then they gave me access Had to that. Had they ever seen anybody like this before that was so into it? Um, I think so. I feel like you don't anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so when I got uh, when I got hired part time uh, to do, I remember it was the, it was uh, uh, January of 1994, uh, right before I turned 18, 17, right before I turned 17. So I was still 16, and I I uh, was on Saturday and Sunday nights. Like I looked up at the weekend schedule, and it's and uh, Saturday Saturday and Sunday nights, 6 p.m. to midnight. I'm on, I, I turn to the guy and I'm like, uh, 
am I, am I just pushing buttons? He goes, no, you're going live, dude. And I was so excited. And I was like, that's, I'm, it's going to be Saturday night when everyone's out, out. having fun. Absolutely. I'm going to be on the radio. <laughs> These days, I Were swear. Were we still cruising at that time? Yeah, a little. A okay. Little, yeah. These days, I swear that uh, if you told a teenager Saturday and Sunday night, they'd go, oh, never mind. I know. That's why I was thinking when you were like, you gave up your Saturday night to DJ. Oh, man. In a heartbeat. Yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's a pretty sexy job for yeah, a 16-year-old. It was awesome. It was really cool. That's pretty cool. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit because we're here to talk about how you left radio yeah. and you started your own business, B2X Photo. Mm -hmm. So what happened between then and now? It's funny um, when I look back at that time and I go, I'm not sure what was, I'm not sure who was driving the, the, the Brad ship at the time. Uh -huh. Like, uh, so uh, in the early, like, like 2010, I can't even remember when it was, but, but uh, there, there came a day when um, the people that I'd worked with my whole career, um, our company sold. And how long was your career in radio? 24 years, 24 years. 20, a little over 20 of it at Z103. Mm -hmm. I left to Salt Lake for a year. I left to Boise for a little over a year, mm -hmm. but I came back both times. And um, our, the people that I'd worked with at Z103 forever um, left. Uh, we got a new uh, GM and this boss went over to this radio group in town and this boss went over to this radio group in town. So now, Everybody who I've worked with my whole life are now my competitors. Wow. And I, I was cool and I was like, we'll, we'll still be friends and it's okay. Little did I know um, what that did to my uh, security, to my um, self-confidence, um, to my, um, my, I think security is the best word because I was, again, I was fearless uh, mm -hmm. when, when all, Under com these all coming up yeah. and, and just, just coming up. And then when that changed, I think there was this thing in me, I ha I've, I've had to like reconstruct this and reanalyze this in my mind. But I think that what happened was I said to myself, okay, all of our, the eyes are all on us now because everyone wants to see if we've still got it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to compare myself to Tom Brady or uh, Bill Belichick or whatever, but but it's kind of the same idea. He, he's he, Tom Brady is is I have no doubt in my mind that he is such a competitor, such a warrior that uh, that he's like I love it, bring it on. I'm going to show you that I was the X factor to all those Patriots Super Bowls, and Bill Bill Belichick is probably just as passionate. Me, I was not like I I got scared. Mm -hmm. I got to like. Oh no, um, people are going to doubt me, doubt us. Um, uh, okay, I can do this, but it, it rocked me, you know, um, and it made me nervous and it got me to where I was no longer as confident on stage. Like I, I had a full on panic attack um, on stage at uh, Colonial Theater, uh, introducing my daughter's dance recital yeah, that was odd. Yeah, like like all I had to do was was those announcements like, "Hey, everybody, uh, please stay in your seats during the performance. No flash photography. Please, um, uh, if any babies are crying, take them out." That's all I had to do. Yeah. But I get up there and I start talking, and my voice starts shaking. And I'm certain to this day that if anyone was in that audience actually paying attention, hopefully they weren't. But if they were actually paying attention, I think they would have been like, 
is he crying? Yeah, Because my voice on? like started to shake and uh -huh. give out. So uh, I, I don't know for sure if that's where it came from. Or the other thing that I'll sometimes go, maybe it's this, is, um, you know, when I started, I didn't have four kids. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then the stakes went to. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it's like, OK, I need to win. I need to pay the bills. And I've got these um, I've got this family of six plus animals <laughs> that I need to uh, keep a roof over their head or whatever. So there was that pressure yeah. or, yeah. you know, purpose as well. So there's probably a little bit of that. But anyway, I, I, you know, those last few years, I I. The good part about those last few years was um, how real I got. Um, the, the difficult part, but I won't call it bad part, was how um, scared I got, I guess. How you human know? you got. Yeah, yeah. yeah and here's the thing. We still, and, and, and I'm just calling it like it is. We still killed it in the ratings. Yeah. Killed it. Yeah. We still were, this is, you know, I don't, I don't feel you know, this doesn't make me feel like a better person or anything, but the facts are the facts that I was like a local celebrity. Yeah. You know, and, and, and everywhere, like I said, especially if you said Antara, everywhere we went, everybody <laughs> knew who we were. Right. And so like, I could have tapped into that and, and, and been just fine. But for some reason, I, did you use the word imposter syndrome? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause if you hadn't, I probably would have brought it up yeah. here too. Yeah. Yeah. Imposter syndrome kicked in for sure. Well, isn't it curious because it's usually it, it, the course of that is usually opposite of what you've just explained. Right? <laughs> yeah. You or go you don't know what you're syndrome, doing. Right. You yeah. fake it until you make it yeah. and then you feel more confident. And it does seem like the responsibility of life mm -hmm. helped you understand the stakes were higher yes. and all of a sudden, you weren't that cocky 16 year old. Yes. The, one other thing that did it to me was um, understanding how important my duty to the clients was. When I was a kid and I would go do, I always, whenever I talk about this, I always think of Idaho Mountain Trading, the, the mountain sports yeah. shop. Yeah. Um, when, when I was a kid, when I was 18 and 19 and I would go do live broadcasts at Idaho Mountain Trading, I would stand there and pace going, when do I get to talk on the radio again? I just, I, I, I've got my microphone. I want to get this music. I, I've got my headphones. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear music. They want to hear me talking. Yeah. That's all I want. So when I was a kid, that's what I was, what was going through my head at Idaho Mountain Trading. Then as a 35 year old, uh, standing in the same business, I was thinking, okay, these guys have a lot of employees. They, um, they have, uh, their hopes and dreams. And, and, and for um, 90 seconds here, um, my role in that is very important because I am going to be talking to thousands of people and, um, and asking my audience to come check this out. I just, I saw the importance yeah, of Yeah, well, all of a sudden it had all this gravity that yes. you hadn't really given it before. Without a doubt. And yeah. that added pressure too. In fact, that was another one of my uh, uh, panic attacks yeah. was at Idaho Mountain Trading. And I tried to like figure out a way to make it, um, make it not noticed. And I was like, Hey, how about today for the live broadcast? I do it this way instead of this way. <laughs> and he's like, no, I like that. I love the way you usually do it. Do it the way you usually do it. I'm, I'm trying to cover. And I'm trying to cover. Exactly. And I finally, I go back to his office and I go, I got to tell you something. I said, and I told him everything I just told you, including the uh, colonial theater dance recital part. And he's like, wow. Um, well, do whatever you need to do. Are you going to be okay? And I said, I think 
having told you now is going to help me. I can, you know, I can get through it or whatever. And I did. I made it of through course. that broadcast or whatever. But I really was never the same on, on in that role. Mm -hmm. in, in that being out, you know, on stage, uh, live on location. I really never was the same as far as my confidence went. So that people would not have ever known. No. Yeah. No. I I, I actually talked about it on the air a lot too. Um, but back to your original question, like, so how, how did photography happen? So before I had the full-on panic attack, I, I, I caught the photography bug, you know, and I had a um, client uh, relationship with uh, Fars Jewelry who sold cameras, and I did endorsements for them. Again, I, I, I didn't really like to do endorsements except for when I was really into it, and that was one that I was really into. So I would talk about cameras, and I would get my, uh, instead of an endorsement fee, a talent fee, I was like, I'll take it all in trade, man. Yeah, right. And, and so I built up a little collection of $20,000 worth of photography stuff, some of it on, through my endorsement, and some of it just through store credit or whatever, which I just paid off um, uh, just a couple of months ago. I mean, I had it for years. Anyway, um, but I, so I, I got more, curious about it, interested in it, passionate in it. That's where all my extra time went. And I, I, if I look back and I go, did I know that I was going to go professional with it? I think the answer to that might have been yes. I think I kind of knew, I think I was building something that I knew that at some point I could, if I wanted to, flip the switch. And I, if I, at that time, I probably was thinking if if radio ever doesn't want me anymore, you know? Because um, really your life was going to be in radio. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't have anything else in mind. Um, but, I, but I had this little plan B, uh, and, and then after a while I was like, you know what? I've done everything that I wanted to do in radio. I've had a blast. I've made a lot of friends. I have a lot of great memories. There's certain parts of it that, um, that I... I'm really going to miss, but I've done everything I wanted to do. I'm ready to try something new. And it was scary. You know what was cool though? My wife never, not for a second, did she say, are you sure? Not once. Yeah, we're going to talk about your wife. Yeah. But let's, let's <laughs> I mean, in a that is positive a whole new way, subject. because that is a whole, that's a pretty yeah. awesome thing. Yeah. But let me rewind that just a little bit. Wasn't it originally that you were wanting to photograph bands? Um, uh, you know, originally when I fell in love with photography, it was that I wanted photos of my family that looked like a rock and roll band on tour. Meaning? Like, what does that mean? Like, like Just candid um, shots? Yes, uh -huh. yes. Like imagine Rolling Stone magazine, not the portraits with the lighting, but the photos of the band hanging out backstage. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And stuff. Like I, and that was your inspiration? That was my inspiration and still is actually to this day one of my major inspirations. Another one at the time was Idol Falls magazine because when I looked at the pictures of a town that I lived in my whole life and I was like, those this looks cool. this looks like something out of a movie. Right. You know, th th that that Is this the place they live? Yeah, yeah. Th this corner um uh coffee shop with some tables uh outside on the uh sidewalk looks like something out of a movie. And and I've walked past it a million times and not thought one way or the other about it. And I thought, I want photos like that of my life. Yeah. And I remember actually 
uh, at the time looking, who took these? And looking at the tiny, tiny photos by, yeah. I was like, I wonder if I could contact that guy and have him uh, do, you, do huh? I want him to do family pictures oh, or whatever. Like, like, can you do some candid pictures of me and my family or whatever? But then I think I kind of looked into it a little bit and I couldn't afford it. And I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to learn how to do it, you know, cause I want it, I want pictures like that. So that was the inspiration for my Photo photography uh, style uh -huh. for sure and to got you into the hobby that kind of yeah. led to this mm -hmm. obsession yeah <laughs> so clearly your creativity is coming out in photography but that do you think that radio fed that bug before then i mean you're an artist is it, where yeah I'm going it's, a, with it's, this. A, it's a it's, it's an, an art, art. Yeah, it's a it's medium art. it's a yeah absolutely and without a doubt and so here now you're introduced to photography and you have another way an outlet for your creativity. I probably uh, created photos that felt like people felt when they listened to my radio show. Yeah, I probably they 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 probably went together very nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's kind of fun. No wonder that fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that before too. It's interesting that you said that. I've heard that anybody who's into uh, one artistic medium probably would be interested in them all you know whether mm -hmm. it's painting or writing or you know whatever uh i i some of them i go i'm not patient enough to do that uh but but i get the you know i get what, the point of that for yeah. sure yeah no i can see that and if anybody has looked at and if you haven't you need to look at some of brad's photos they're all over the place yeah what's one of the specialties that you would say people most know you for um i think the thing that that people see in my, um, I'm sure that most people know me for my action sports photography. I actually wish that wasn't the case, but I think that is what I'm best known for. Yeah. Because that's what I started with. And, and you're, you're very good at it. And that seems hard. It, 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 here's the thing though. If you look at my best photos, none of them are that peak action moment. They're all kind of like the in-between moments. And I think that's when people would go, this must be Brad's, because it's a photo of, sure, it's a linebacker and he's in his gear, but he has his hands on his hips and his body's turned this way and he's looking back the other way with a glare in his eyes. Uh -huh. Like, I think that's what would make people go, that must be Brad's. Uh -huh. Because I was much more about the drama of the sport than the, you know, athletic than the ability. I'm catching a ball in the middle of without the a doubt air. without uh -huh. a doubt I so I think that that's probably something that people would so that's what I, I I wonder if that's what people would identify most I think the the other one that I hope people would see and that and that I'm most proud of is um, anything that is kind of messy and um, and has a ton of I say bold and true in fact I even service marked it Anything that looks bold and true, anything that looks like you didn't dress it up, you didn't have them wear something that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the real them. Uh, you didn't, th their hair isn't. Perfect. Any, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. everything is really real and uh, unapologetic and proud and unique. And uh, it's in a location that I don't know where it's at because it's something that's true to them. You know, it's a, a personal space of theirs. So I, I would think that that would be what people ident would identify. That and then also technically, I do this thing where I, uh, just the way I light it, the way that I'll, I'll, I'll spray light all over the back wall and then I'll put a mess of light on the, on the subject and 
um, yeah, the way I do it is just, uh, it's, it's raw. It's, um, it's, but beautiful. Yeah, like it is really it's, because they're beautiful. Beauty. You know, and 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 a lot of times I will I'll I'll, I'll go. The only reason this is a great photo is because that's an interesting person. You know, mm -hmm. all I did was was put a little bit of interesting light on a really interesting person. You mm -hmm. know, on a really unique. We're all unique. You know, and I I truly do believe that everyone is beautiful. Well, I think that's what does set you apart is that it isn't about all the filters and the bells mm -hmm. and whistles and all of the fancy whatever we can do. Retouching. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely about just showcasing the beauty that's before us every single day. Yeah. You get to show us in a little bit of different way, mm -hmm. just like those pictures you were talking about in Idol Falls Magazine. Like, if I looked at a picture of me that you did of me, I would be like, well, that's me. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. I look at this every day and I yeah. look good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I'm always like, I'll see people, I'll just be out and I'll, and I'll be thinking, I want to take a picture of this person right now. They have no idea how cool <laughs> they look. That's a little creepy, Brad. I, it is, it is. Like, like I'll, see, I'll, I'll see it when I'm driving down the road and I'll see a, a family just walking a or thing. whatever. And I'll just go, you have no idea how beautiful this moment is. I wish that I could shoot a photo of this for you and give it to you and sell it to you. You know, I mean, because, <laughs> hey, we got to make some money, too. You know, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think that the, the beauty of, of things that are just normal, you know, is definitely something that stands out in my work. Yeah. Well, like you said, there's certainly a relationship to how you hosted radio, mm -hmm. to how your yes. pictures are, and the feeling of it being so genuine mm -hmm. um you it it causes us to be you're pretty beloved in our eyes with the way that you do that I, you know i i and i think that anyone who um isn't putting up a front and who will admit their um fears and their uh flaws i mean how can you not uh appreciate if nothing else appreciate a person for that like, okay. thank you for not, uh, thank you for revealing to me that you're not perfect. I really want to talk to you about that because that coming out of your mouth sounds like it was so easy, but that is a difficult journey for people to look in the mirror and say, I have flaws mm -hmm. and I'm willing to share that and be transparent. It feels like maturity to me. Like it's... that's not something that people are just born with. How, how did you come about that? You know what? I think it's... Um... Um, me protecting myself, you know, it, it seems scary, but once all of your secrets are out and once all of your fears are out, there's nothing to be scared of anymore. Right. You're not going to be revealed. Yeah. You, 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 you have nothing to defend or protect when you you know, open your heart and open and but Hey, I, there's, there's, I'm still more guarded than I wish I was, you know, about dumb, you know, little things, but, but I'm telling you like life is easier when you're open like that. Like it seems scary to do it, but once you've done it, I think that it, it also probably depends on if you have built up something really big out of a lie. Yeah. And then you have to reveal. Yeah. Then, and, and then you're like, I mean, to get like really specific, like let's say you're paying your bills, 
based on your lie. Yeah, that would be a problem. You know, and then and then you uh, reveal that lie, and then you're like, oh no, I won't be able to pay my bills anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I think that some people that they just can't quite be transparent because it's the walls that protect them. It makes no sense. Mm -hmm. But I do love what you are saying about it. You know, they're really there's nothing more. This is who I am. Right. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I, I, I was thinking um, today about how um, I, I wonder if I would, in order to do the things that I need to do to, I don't know, retire early or, you know, m you know if I, I'm not saying that everybody who, who has built a lot of wealth has had to defend or protect their truth to do it, but I wonder if I would have to. I wonder if I would have to um, be someone else to to be really financially successful, um, and then not be happy. Yeah, yeah. Or who knows? Maybe I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> well, maybe those things would buy happiness. I don't know. I don't know. But but I I would I've chosen rather to go. You know, I don't need anything too lavish. Um, I would rather have um, the the freedom of being able to be myself. Yeah. You know? Okay, but within that vulnerability, okay. don't you have, or have you seen, I guess I should say, naysayers, hecklers, whatever, that have said, Brad, what the crap are you doing? You're leaving this well-known career to do photography. Yeah. Um, I mean, were there any naysayers that um, were like, no? I don't no. think so. Um, really? Yeah, I, I think, um, I think that everyone was jealous. I mean, and I don't mean that in a way like it was ugly. I, I mean, um, doesn't everyone want to do that? Yeah. Like, like I, I remember when uh, another one of my coworkers did it. I, the, the, uh, the host of K-Bear's uh, morning show, and I believe she was also the program director. Um, she up and, and left, and I, and I said, so are you going to another radio station? She says, nope. Where are you going? And I think it was like North Carolina at the time. And uh, what are you doing there? She's like, I don't know. And um, and and I, I was so jealous. Uh -huh. You know, it's like you can do that. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, and, that's pretty cool. I mean, that you had support and people who were yeah. in your corner. I think my mom was a little bit worried. Of course, moms are always worried yeah. about that. Stuff. I, but I don't. But I think she also was like, I've never known how he was going to do it. You know, the same and was yeah, true with did. radio, you yeah. know, like, like I didn't come up in radio. I didn't have a family member that could guide me. You know, I didn't have any history. I recorded little cassette tapes in my bedroom or whatever. Like I bought a microphone and plugged it into a <laughs> mixer and headphones and all that. So made, made tapes for my friends where I hosted it, you yeah. know, but I didn't have any real experience in it. And I think she was scared then and saw me make it happen. And I think that she was nervous about it now and, and she's like, he'll figure it out. I think she probably and, still is, uh, you know, the jury's still out, yeah, you know right, what I'm saying? Like, right, this is right. still pretty new. Well, let's talk a little bit about your family. You brought up your wife a little earlier yeah. and how she supported you. Talk to me about that because I would think that as a spouse mm -hmm. and watching my spouse leave a 24 year career, yeah. that would cause a little bit of fear, but she was she right is, there. Like she's so, like she's just so even keeled about everything like um yeah i mean whether it was when we moved to boise or whether it was when i said this isn't working we need to move back to idaho falls like like there was probably um moments in both of those instances where she 
you know, wanted to hear a little bit more or whatever, but I don't remember much challenge to any, she was just, she's just kind of like, everything will be okay. She's always been that way. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I wanted her to freak out. Yeah. You know, right. Sometimes I then wanted, it could give you an excuse or something. Uh, I don't know, or or it would you know make me knock it off. Yeah. You know, like yeah. uh, uh, make me uh, do what I feel like, what I wonder if I'm supposed to be doing. I like, got it. It's irresponsible for me to be doing this, and I need you to tell me that so that I will <laughs> stop doing it. You know, but but she just has always been like, no, no, let, let's. I trust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, and without even saying much about it at all. Like, I can't even give you a story about it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Other than it's maybe great. like the the. The couple of days before my last show, me saying, man, you've been so cool about this. And I do, okay, okay, now that triggered one. Um, she did say, I know you won't sit around and play video games. That's all she said. She trusted she you. She just says, I know you won't sit around and play video games. I know you'll make it happen. You know? So that was, that was, that felt good. Yeah, her, it did. You know? Yeah. Because certainly you weren't going to sit around and play video games. No, no. <laughs> All right, so what about your family? How has this change impacted? Has that been a positive impact for your family, you mentally or physically being present? Or are you actually less present now? Um, no, I'm just as bad as I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> I treated, right? like, like Z103, um, it was like I owned it. I, the, the way I thought of it, it was like I owned it. Right. You know, I thought of it all the time. I couldn't go to a movie and just enjoy the movie without thinking, how's everybody else enjoying this movie? Really? You know, like, like I'd go to, like, let's say that I went to a PG-13 movie that was a little risque, you know, a little more risque than a PG-13. I'm not saying I don't go to R-rated movies, because I would. But with a PG-13 movie, it can be like, like you know, easy or it can be uh, it can be like pretty right edgy on depends edge. on where they yeah, want to be you know right. with it so i could go to a pg-13 movie and it would be like pretty edgy for a pg-13 movie and instead of just laughing and enjoying it like i like my interests and tastes would allow i'll look around and go is anyone getting like really offended right now is anybody <laughs> going to walk up and leave and that's the that was the the presenter in me the host in me the entertainer in me you know just Curious about Owning it from their experience. Yeah, like like wondering, uh, would I do if I made this movie? Would I have gone that far? And how would the audience have responded? So yeah, it, it's always my You're work kind has always been a distraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all the time. It's always on my mind. I, I I'm I want to figure that out. I want to fix that. But so I don't think it's any worse. I think it's about the same uh, as far as like me being totally present. Um, I think that, uh, you know, as far as like, oh, now we don't get to go to free concerts anymore. I never really took advantage of that stuff. Uh -huh. I didn't. Uh -huh. Like, because I never have, I've always felt like there is no free lunch. And so if um, somebody offered me tickets to something, I'd be like, I'm going to have to do something later for that. So <laughs> no, thank you. You know, uh, and, and so that didn't change any. Um, I, I still am on the radar for the kids' friends, you know. Hey, your dad is dot dot dot. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, like I still have that going on, so that hasn't that hasn't changed. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that's great is now, if I for whatever reason want to take two weeks off, I could do it. Right, and nobody is telling you, yes or no. Yeah, like I remember the first couple of Fourth of Julys that I didn't work because I was in the Fourth of July parade every year from age. Uh, I think it was like age 15 because of high school events or whatever, or 14 or something like that. Age 14 through 
you know, 38 or whatever. I was in the 4th of July parade every wow. year. Wow. I worked I worked on the 4th of July every year. Yeah. You know, right. and then those last couple of years we had uh, we were part of the fireworks um, uh, events too. So right. I'd work all day long. Right. So to be like, cool, I'm not working on the 4th of July was awesome. Or uh, I I don't have to leave. I might have some a few little things to do um, with my business around the house the week after the week between Christmas and New Year's. But I'm going to be home. I'm going to be home the whole time. I mean, that's cool. That's really I'm cool. really excited about that. I think that's Still awesome. excited about that. So have you had any feelings of, I don't know, I don't know if regret's the word, but maybe that imposter syndrome kicking back up, like, what the heck have I done? Mm, let's see, imposter syndrome with this one. Um, I don't know. Like, like I, I think that there will be certain gigs that are coming up that I go, how am I going to shoot that one? Or they'll walk away from going, I don't know. How did I, how did that go? But it always like, by the time it's edited and it done, is. it always looks great. So, yeah. so I don't really have any imposter syndrome issues. First of all, there's so much about photography that I feel like I don't know, but I'm not afraid to say that. Like to, uh, I have a lot of friends who are photographers and I'm just like, you can explain what you do. I'll, I'll say to them, you can explain what you do so well. You can explain what other photographers are doing. I don't even know. I just like, <laughs> like if I had to recreate one of my own pictures, I don't think I could. Uh -huh. You know, I just go for it, you know? And, and, and so I, I'm open about that. And yeah. so I don't worry about being caught um, with my, oh, you said you're a professional photographer, but, but actually your you're ISO, this. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly, yeah, I don't exactly, know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about, but no, yeah. You're, mm -hmm. you're exactly right. Why, mm -hmm. why would you shoot that at such a high ISO? You could have shot that at a much lower ISO and gone with a slower shutter speed. You know, I, I, I don't and, know. And I know good. that kind of stuff, um, but I, even if I didn't, oh, well, the work speaks for itself. It does, right. And, and right. that goes for every artist. You know? Well, I love that you said that because, you know, recently I did a Facebook Live and I had a lot of questions around starting a podcast. And part of the challenge with people starting podcasts is they overthink it. Mm -hmm. Every little detail and every little something. And you know what? Sometimes you just have to go for it. Yes. And let the work speak for itself. I posted for something like that on my Facebook story today. You it was, did. It was something okay. like, um, it was something about like, um, uh, how the fear of making mistakes is, um, don't let the fear of making mistakes keep you from just doing it. Yeah, you know? Paralyzes you. Yeah. Can paralyze you. You just got to go. So with that in mind, what kind of words of wisdom would you have for anyone considering self-employment? I, there's this great video that my wife sent me. She might've sent it to me the day before my last show. Um, and it's, I'm sure you know who Jay Shetty is. Oh, you don't know Jay Shetty? I don't I know you Jay would. Shetty. So J-A-Y-S-H-E-T-T-Y. Um, he is a um, podcaster, um, and he, but he's in the self-help world, which is, I could go and go on and on and on <laughs> about that. So that's that's definitely a passion of mine: um, uh, self-improvement, self-help, all that, uh, self-love. Uh, but he did a um, a YouTube video about the golden handcuffs, and um, and how you know you're making enough money. Like there's a thing you're, you've got this job. And you've got this other thing that you really wish you were doing, but um, you're making too much money at your current job that you can't do it. And he's like, okay, here's what you do. He says, it, he says a lot of inspirational stuff along with it too. It's a great video. But one of the things, one of the takeaways, my wife sent it to me. She goes, this is what you did. And it was spend all of your free time on 
that project. Get it ready. Spend all of your, no video games, no Netflix, spend all of your free time, I mean, you know, take care of your kids, take care of your family, but as far as your hobby time, spend all of your hobby time on your side hustle. And, um, and build that up to where it's ready to, to be, be, your, your, main be your main thing if, yeah. you, if you want it to be. Yeah. Whether you have to have it be or you decide that you want it to be, which was my case. Yeah. So that's the advice. That's the advice. Like spend all of your time, spend all of your hobby time on creating that, that thing that you wish you were doing full time. Yeah. You know, one place I read some advice that you gave where you said, when you're upbeat and optimistic, write notes for the weak, negative, scared version of yourself to reference. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. So talk to us about that. Uh, that honestly, that comes from, um, I told you that I'm into self-love. And I, if there's been a struggle for me for the past couple of years, so when, when I went to this new job, I said to my wife, well, my hours can kind of be whatever I want them to be. So if you want to, if you want to go back to work, which she hadn't been, she'd been um, working at home, you know, you know, uh, raising the family and taking care of all of us and you know managing that um, for you know ten years or whatever it was. I don't know. And 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 I said, if you want to you know get a job and go do that, you can. So she did. So she starts um, working at a, a salon uh, as the re receptionist, and she's a massive success at it, and everyone falls in love with her. And I went, I didn't realize that I had like um, made her my own little special, you know, person. She was all to me. I didn't know that's what I had done. No, right. It I wasn't made, intentional. Yeah, I, but, but she had become all mine and I enjoyed it. And, I, and, and, and it was a rock for me, you know? It was, it was something, it was security for me to have her all to myself. Then all of a sudden, um, all these people are falling in love with her and, 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 um, and she's very beautiful and, and lots, of, lots of people are telling her how beautiful she is and it rocked my world. Like, really? like it, it, that it, had never been an issue. Uh, yeah, um, and and so I got really, uh, I got really insecure about it. Um, so back to your original question, um, um, make notes for yourself when you're feeling good. That's where that came from, and I'm telling you, it came from two years of, um, you know, me reading about. Um, self-love and, and, and um, uh, lo loving yourself so that somebody else doesn't have to complete you. Yeah, right. Um, which, which always seemed like a, a well, I, I'm, I'm an old-fashioned old romantic, and it's like, oh, we complete each other, you know. But, but uh, I've come to learn that, um, that if you don't have self-love, you know, everything's going to be a mess. And so that's what I've, that's been a journey for me is to um, let her um, do her thing and, and love herself and, and reach her goals and not be threatened by that. And at the same time, try to reach my goals and then just come back and connect with each other, yeah. you know, like encourage each other to go as far as we can go and come back and connect and, and know that we'll always it. be there uh, for each other if we need each other, you know. And so um, that, that's where that statement came from was really based on that part of my life where there are so many times that I'm sitting there and going, um, I feel good right now. 
things are really, really good. And then I'll stop and think, well, hang on a second. Has anything changed from that day that I was, you know, being pathetic, being weak? Has <laughs> anything really changed? And nothing has changed. So why that? Why was I being a baby that day? Uh -huh. You know. And so I was like, I need to make notes, mental notes, write down. I have a document that I that I if I start to feel weak, I'll go and I'll read it, and I'll and I'll realize nothing has changed from the moment that I wrote all of these things. These things are all still true. I'm fine. <gasps> yeah, you know? I love it. There's just so many things, you know, if we had hours to talk that we could untease based on what you just talked about, because I think it's so profound to say that, you know, people are like, you have to love yourself before you love others. It sounds like a bumper sticker. You don't really get it. Yeah, you know. Like, you I don't. don't think I ever really got that. It sounds like cheating on your family. I yeah, think. Right? Like, like that's selfish. Yes. Self-love yeah. seems selfish, but... Um, it actually creates that reciprocal that you can give. Yes. It's yeah. the reciprocal. It's, it's allowing your spouse, your partner, your kids to do their own thing because you don't need to control them. Yeah. And they aren't you. And yes. they're not reflective. You know yes. what their behaviors don't reflect who you are as a parent. If you, it's them. If you don't love yourself completely, then you will think that your kid's behavior does reflect on you and, and, and you have to control and, it. And is kind of your behavior. Their behavior <laughs> is, you, you will uh, uh, be pointed at or whatever. And, and so, yeah, and so you have to control it. I have to control my kids. I have to control my spouse. Yeah. And, and if you can get to where no matter what anyone does, I'm good for me, then you can give them the freedom of following their dreams and knowing that you can support it instead of being yeah. afraid of it. I love it and celebrate it. And just... I'm not there yet. Well, thank you for that. It's a journey for all of us. But the fact that this has been your journey, and I love it's that my you hobby brought now. that up. You know what's <gasps> funny? No, now you're going to be a professional. I wonder. Yes. I wonder. It's your next thing. I wonder. Yeah. I really do. because, And I've had people say that to me. Um, I went to uh, um, a woo-woo uh, um, meeting uh, uh, class uh, where we were talking about... Uh, um, Manifesting, yes, manifesting, yes, um, absolutely, you know, uh, success and business. And when it was over, they, they, I'll tell anyone who will listen about my uh, journey um, as a partner and um, to my wife. And when it was over, the leader of the class said, "I think this is something you need to be doing." And and I said, "I wonder if it's something I'm kind of." I've kind of started without thinking about it, right? you know, because right. I'm really open on my Facebook page. I'm really open on my Instagram. Right. I say a lot of um, embarrassing stuff about myself in the interest of um, other, especially men, you know, and I, I'm, I'm also, I'm, you know, I don't know if all of your audience will love this, but I'm a feminist, you know, um, uh, uh, but so, so I think that anything that I, that I uh, am going through, a woman can go through, yeah. but, I, but, I, but I will say that people who, I, I feel like people who are not feminists, are, uh, and who are men are more likely to shield these fears, you know, and, and to not admit that, that they don't love themselves and that they need to, no. and, that, and, and, and don't realize that they might be trying to control their partner and that they're afraid to, to, to let go a little bit. Um, and so when I post something on my social media about it, Sure, I'm doing it because it sets me free too and, and, and lets me not have a secret that I'm trying to keep. But also I do wanna let those men in particular know, dude, 
it's going to be okay. okay. You can still be a man and yeah, admit yeah, that you have this yeah, you, vulnerability. I'm going through this too. You're going through this too. If you have any questions about it, you know, message me and I'll, I'll tell you my journey and, and this helped me and this helped me and this helped me. And, and so who knows? This might be, it, it is definitely my hobby now. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. Um, could it become something that becomes a, a profession? Who knows? Maybe. I know, right. Right. Well, I think you have years of wisdom that you could definitely share yes, with somebody. So I agree. thank you. Like audience, we have just had so many pearls of wisdom dropped on <laughs> us. Like we can, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this and really ponder all of this. Is this stuff. all from the same interview? I know. It's so amazing. I yeah. love it. Well, Brad, before I let you go, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners that we haven't talked about? Um, okay. I will say this. Uh, I don't view my, um, the other photographers in town as my competition, to me, they're my coworkers. We don't, you know, they, they aren't employees of B2X photo. Uh, but, you know, when you work uh, for a company, you know, everybody talks about seat on the bus. Yes. And um, there are photographers in this town that are really good at things that I'm not good at. And I'm good at things that they're not good at. And if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to hire you for this thing. And I know that, like I go, they don't want I'm not they the need right to. one. I'll hand them off. No problem. I love to hand off uh, to the other photographers that are way better at something than I am because uh, I, I feel like you can't have that scarcity mindset of like, I got to take every gig. Right. You know, you got to have um, an abundance mindset that tells you this one's not for me and the right one's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, so I would say that. I would say uh, try to, no matter your industry, Try to think of the people that you think of as your competitors right now. Try to think of them as your coworkers. Try to think of them as your colleagues. You know, think of them, be honest about what they're better at than you are. And, and, and don't be afraid and to be hand okay. off a few customers to somebody that's better than you. Because that customer also then, you've become an expert to that customer. They go, wow. Like, especially if you put it that way. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you ever need this, 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 or this, I'm your guy. I'm the best in town for it. But uh, to be honest, this guy's better at that than me. Yeah. You know, or girl. Well, Brad, where can the listeners find more about you in case they want to hire you? Uh, you can go to b2xphoto.com. I'm also b2xphoto on Instagram and on um, Facebook. And, and honestly, like, like, Follow me, follow my personal account if you want to on Instagram. It's bradley.mb. And I, I talk about, um, you know, more of that personal stuff, you yeah. know, and because it all is part of it. You know, it's not separate. You yeah. know, the, any of those things that I'm going through definitely affect me as a business owner and a, certainly an artist, but, but as a business owner too, you know, so... Yeah, I would say, uh, and if you want to DM me, you know, with, especially <laughs> if anybody, especially that personal stuff. I mean, if you want to ask me about uh, leaving your job and starting something, I'll, I'll be glad to talk about that too. But I'm, but that I'm really, I want everybody to um, learn to love themselves. You know, so if anybody wants to talk to me about that, I'd love to. Well, you're an awesome inspiration. We will be Thank sure you, to put all of those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. I kind of had to track you down a little bit. I was scared. I was scared. Like I was scared to, <laughs> I'm so intimidating. Not you just the, the just telling like, the yeah. story. Not even the story. It's, it's, it's the, it's the, the stuff that I used to do on the radio. You know what though? I don't feel like my voice shook once during this. And, and I've done a couple of podcasts over the last couple of years. And I know that I did a couple of times.
So Look at I you. think that I am, uh, I think that I'm loving myself. I you think know? you are. Yeah. I think you're a great example of that. And I can just feel that just being in your presence and that vulnerability and that genuineness is, it's real guys. Like I, I mean, this hey, is who Brad is. Honestly, it takes one to know one. And, and when I, <laughs> and when I heard your, your podcast, I was like this, she loves this. This is not, um, uh, this is not opportunistic. This is, she's found something that she loves and, and, and this is coming from a servant's heart. And I, and I felt it from, you know, their very first episodes. And Thank you. so you're doing a great job. I love that you're just keeping it coming too. That's uh, the other you. advice I would give to people is keep going. Yeah. Who knows if you are going to give up right before it happens. Isn't that the case? And so many people talk about that. Yeah. Just keep going. Well, <laughs> excuse me. I know the listeners can feel the pure passion that you have for your work. And um, I am just so grateful to get to know you. We will be watching for your beautiful talent all over this cute town. Thank you, Renee. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. Hey, you guys, we were just recognized by the Post Register's Reader Choice Awards as the best mechanic for the third year in a row. So thank you to each one of you who voted for us, our loyal customers, our new customers. If you're looking for automotive repair and maintenance provided with honesty and integrity, please come and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Hey, thanks for staying for the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. It might look different this year, guys. Who knows? Uh, so many unknowns around gathering events. But check them out at www.risecon.com. Rise is spelled with a Z. They also have a sister event called RiseX, which is every month. And there are just so many great things going on there. You need to check that out. Uh, risex.io. Check them out. And we we'll hope to see you at the next event. Um, today, guys, I want to talk to you about greatness and how we achieve greatness as leaders, as business owners, as individuals. And I want you to think about throughout history, elite athletes, elite artists, and elite performers have always surrounded themselves with other top performers. And I think when, you know, some people can look at this and they can be called, they're like, yeah, they're elitists, they're snobs, they stick around, you know, the same type of people. Um, but I want you to look at that a little bit different and think about how it actually might be a talent hotbed, right? So in his book, The Talent Code, Daniel Coyle studied high performance by examining talent hotbeds around the world. And his research made clear that greatness isn't born, it's grown. And everyone can develop a talent with the right mix of practice, motivation, and coaching. He says, talent hotbeds are not built on identifying talent, but in constructing it day by day. And when you think about history and some of the things that have happened during different periods of our time, um, let me give you some examples of some things that have happened where it, you know, there was definitely a talent hotbed. So there were a huge number of great artists who lived and worked in Renaissance Florence in the 15th century, right? So some of the names that you might recognize are 
you know, like Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, um, Raphael, Donatello. These individuals lived during that time in the 15th century, and they kind of congregated together. And look at what that produced. Um, How about poets, authors, artists, jazz musicians, political leaders, journalists, and philosophers of the Harlem Renaissance in the 1920s? You know, you've got Langston Hughes, Josephine Baker, Aaron Douglas, Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington. Those guys kind of all were in the same circles as well. And if you bring it more to something a little bit more recent, Silicon Valley from the 70s until now, it includes so many founders, investors, and entrepreneurs. Um, You know, some of these names you guys know. Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Julia Collins, Reid Hoffman, Bill Gates, Tristan Walker. I mean, the name, Mark Zuckerberg, names go on and on and on about some of the things that they've accomplished. So when you think about this, these are kind of talent hotbeds. And greatness um, or elite performers were created, not born. Again, talent hotbeds are not built on identifying talent, but on constructing it day by day. And these guys happen to kind of hang in the same circles. So the thing about talent hotbeds is they make like the ships rise, right? Talent hotbeds aren't, they don't make things easy. Struggle is actually an inherent part of that talent development process. And what I think we have underestimated is how we can create these kind of environments for ourselves. The things that um, are key to this are ignition, deep practice, and master coaching. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about those things and how you can achieve those. So the secret behind most performers is that struggle and failure are a big part of the journey. And I've talked to you guys about that before. Um that we can't rescue, fix, and save the people that we that are that surround us because it removes an opportunity for them to grow. And so many of us as leaders believe that that's what we've got to do to get things done because we, you know, got to meet our deadlines, has got to do perform, perform, perform. And so I'm just going to jump in and do it myself. We do not create high performers by doing that. Beneath every talent big talent also lies some type of an ignition story or a moment or an experience that creates that spark of motivation. And so ignition is the fuel that triggers the motivation needed to keep going. And that is usually through struggles and failures. Sometimes that ignition comes from watching someone else's success. And that's what I hope this show provides to you all. As you are listening to these stories, you can kind of hear yourself in some of them. And maybe it ignites you to take yourself to that next level. Last week, I talked about um, Roger Bannister and how he broke the four-minute mile. Well, that's a great example about how for 68 years, athletes had been trying to run a mile in less than four minutes. People told him it couldn't be done. And then when Bannister did it, they saw it could be and they did it too and so that's ignition it might be something that we have grown up that we want to overcome um 
that we've grown up in, or maybe it's looking at how somebody else has done something and it inspires us. Okay, number two is deep practice. Uh, it's a myth that practice makes perfect, and the truth is practice makes permanent. In order to engage in effective practice, you need to ensure that you're practicing the right behaviors so that when you make errors, you can correct them. And deep practice consists of stretching yourself outside of your comfort zone, stopping to reflect when you make errors and make make some adjustments. And then you continue the practice over time and you don't give up because something didn't work. Um, you've just got to, in medic, I'm a nurse. And so in medicine, we're taught, you know, we watch it, do it, teach it. And that's exactly how you've got to kind of face something. You know, you, you chunk it up, you repeat it, you, you do it again. It's repetition, recognition, understanding what you did right, understanding what you did wrong, making a judgment, uh, adjustments. Um, so practice. And then number three is master coaches, master coaching. So when I say that, you might think, oh, you're telling me that I need to hire a coach, Renee. No, not necessarily. What I'm saying is just like these talent hotbeds, surround yourself by people who scare you a little bit, who help you to rise. Um, Coaching, I mean, struggle is, it's really not optional. It's neurologically required in order for us to grow. And when you think about babies who struggle to walk, that's exactly how they learn how to walk, right? They struggle. And so we need that so that we can grow. Um, If you surround yourself with people in a mastermind group, yeah, it could be a coach that you've hired in your, in the people that you hang out with, whatever it is that create conditions where you are a little bit uncomfortable, um, that's not a bad thing. Um, It helps you kind of rise to their level or the level that you perceive. Um, And in that struggle is where you grow and you you actually can become that elite leader, that elite business owner, that elite person. So guys, what I want to tell you is if you want to be a truly great leader, business owner, person, make it your singular mission to seek out and join a talent hotbed or create your own or do both. We invest a lot of money in other things and sometimes we forget to do that to ourselves. And if this means a mastermind group or a coach, I am bold enough to tell you, I guarantee that if you bring this into your life, that you will see exponential results like you have never seen before. I, I, I'm a testament of it myself. Um, I've been a part of a mastermind group where I was absolutely challenged and accomplished things that I did not, I wouldn't have guessed that I could have done or would have done. I think I had the capability to do it, but I wouldn't have done it without being challenged by the folks that was that were in that mastermind group. So seek this out. Create an environment where you can be a great business owner, leader, person. Um, I will tell you, I am launching, uh, relaunching my new level mastermind group. And if this is something that is sounds interesting to you, to be surrounded by people who make you just a little bit uncomfortable because they're holding you accountable and asking hard questions. That's the kind of people that I'm looking for in my mastermind group. 
And so please reach out to me. Um, I'm happy to give you more information about mastermind groups in general. Recommend some coaches, um, whatever, whatever you're looking for. I can give you some advice. Or if you think that you would like to be a part of a mastermind group, um, it's going to be a small group. I think less than 10 where we really are pretty brutal with each other, but it's safe and it's an environment where we just know that others are looking out for us to help us grow. So reach out to me. You can get me at renee.oswaldserve, S-E-R-V, at outlook.com. You're welcome to message me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm pretty easy to find. So let me know if this is something that you'd be interested in. And um, there is an application process. Uh, We're going to be a little bit picky about who's in the group. But if this is you and you want to grow and achieve great things, oh, man, I would love to be on that journey with you. So check it out. So, guys, whether you decide to join this group, you have another group, find your crowd. Find your talent pool, your talent hotbed, and um, surround yourself by people who make you better. Thanks, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.